that's your desire this morning. We feel the anointing of the Lord here this morning. What a mighty presence. We thank you for this atmosphere that you've created here this morning. I believe that eagles are birthed when there is a breaking of an atmosphere. Amen. We're so privileged to be standing here in this hour and standing with you in this meeting. And it's, it's such an honor. We appreciate Brother Tim and the church for inviting us to be here, to be standing with shoulder to shoulder with these generals. I feel like the, the littlest of all of them. And uh, I'm just, I'm definitely littler than Brother Aaron. And, uh, but I, I'm, really, I'm really honored to be standing here. I spoke with Brother Danny just a few moments ago. I said, how's it feel to be preaching in a meeting with a man that's supposed to be dead? If that don't raise your faith to another level, all things are possible to them that believe. I believe that this meeting will change every outlook on your life. And if all we can do is just point you to a faith of just one man in this building. It's been, this year has been a powerful year for Full Gospel Lighthouse and the Spencer family. We've seen Jesus real close. We've seen the God that 2,000 years ago on this day, it looked like all hope was gone. But I want to tell you, he's alive. He's alive. Look at your neighbor, elbow him maybe a little bit. He's alive. He's alive. Amen. God bless you this morning. Let's have church. Amen. I don't know. I don't know much a whole lot about everything else out in the world. This is about the only thing I, I know how to do is have church. You know, I was asked a while back, what do I do for a profession? I told him I study drunk people. It's a profession. And last night I watched some drunk people on the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'd like to look over in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 1. I tell you, that, that brother Danny, he's dangerous, ain't he? What an awesome, awesome, awesome service last night. We just want to step out of the way here just for a few moments and let the Lord have his way today. I believe we're in for a powerful day. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. And before we read it, let's speak to the author of the word this morning. How many in here has a need this morning that you'd like to lift before the Lord? Amen. God sees each and every one of your hands. Let's not leave here disappointed this, this morning. Let's leave here in full assurance that he's the God that keeps the promises. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of mercy and grace today. We so appreciate, Lord, the power, Lord, of your anointing that we feel here at this pulpit, Lord. But I don't believe it's just here, Father. I believe it's all over this building. And, Lord, we've gathered one more time, Lord. We've quieted our spirits, Lord. We've, we've studied out your, your word, Lord, and we've just tried to find the mind of God. And, Father, we pray today that you would go across this congregation, Father, here and on the Internet. We pray that you would begin to bless your people all over this land. And I pray, Father, that you would move in a very special way. Lord, I pray that you'd move us aside and set us down in a corner, as it were, Father. And, Lord, just speak through the vessel. Lord, I pray that you would reach out and touch those hands that were lifted up. Lord, they didn't lift their hands to a man. Actually, they defied gravity to begin to lift up a hand and need that, that you would come by their way. And, Father, that's what we're desiring here is just one more time that you would come by our way. Lord, bless, bless us as we read your word this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1, and the Bible said, that the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. 
And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they might live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Amen. God bless you this morning. We'll let you have your seats. I'd like to take a, just a, for a few moments from this thought. I've spoke from this chapter many a times, but I'd like to take from this thought this morning, there ain't no grave going to hold this body down. There ain't no grave going to hold this body down. And I love what Ezekiel taps into here. He reaches in and he sees something. And he, I love it when God does something and you know that it's him when God does something and it's not a man. Because God will get the glory out of all things. Because when God does something, you will see the materialization of the power of the spoken word of God. When he said prophesy, then you begin to watch the materialization of those promises as they're coming to pass. But you begin to look in through the Bible and you begin to look in Genesis and you look in all the way through, all the way up till Christ. And you can see that, that through the fall of humanity that death was the very first thing that God would speak to man that if he would do this certain deed, if he would partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would surely die. And so we realize that death was one of the first things that was spoke of when God begins to speak to man. And man had always feared death because man didn't know what was on the other side of it. They had no, ever, they had no assurance of ever coming back. And even Job, when he was standing there, and he was, as we understand, that he was one of the first, it was one of the first Bible books of the Bible. But Job himself and all of the turmoil of life that he was going through when, when Satan touched his life and Satan cursed everything that he was, and he come to the spot in life and he looked out upon nature and he seen the trees budding. He seen the flowers that they would pass away in the wintertime and he would watch in springtime how that they would come back. But he asked this question, and I believe it's a great question. If, if a man dies, shall he live again? And he said, all these days of my life, I will wait. I will wait till my change comes. You see, man was looking for an escape of the grave. So it tells us that as soon as we begin to look, we begin to look at humanity that they're looking at a way out. You see, man was built to live forever, but because of the fall in the Garden of Eden, there was a curse that was put on man, but there was a God that was bigger than a curse. There was a God that would come by the way of a redeemer and make of a way of escape for you and I. And the humanity was looking for that escape. Every prophet would testify that I'm looking for this escape. They're looking for that redeemer. They're looking for that one that is able to roll away the reproach. Are you with me? You see, all the prophets testified that we needed a redeemer. Even, even you look over at David and you begin to find that David would tap into a channel of a believer and he would begin to look in there and he began to call out things about the grave and call out things about death. 
I, as a, as a young minister, as a young pastor, I have stood, I have stood at the, at the feet, at the feet of caskets. I have stood at a pulpit and I've had to preach funerals for little bitty babies. I've had to preach funerals for, for old generals. But I can tell you the greatest assurance that I have when I stand behind somebody that has gone on to be with the Lord is when I can direct the people or the family that is surrounding them that there is a hope beyond this life. What an amazing thing for, for young people to look at. You're not going to live forever in this, in this humanity, but to know where you're going. But me as a minister to stand there and tell them you don't have to worry. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. When they took their last breath here, it was their first breath there. You see, death is not a respecter of persons. Death don't care how old you are. Death don't care how smart you are. Death don't care how rich you are. Death don't care how poor you are. It's not a respecter of persons. But death will come to you. And there's only thing, there's only one thing that's standing between you and death, and that's a heartbeat. As my granddaddy Homer Fraser would say, that's a mighty small thing that's standing between you and God. But you realize that David was tapping into a channel when he started looking at the grave and he contemplated what the grave was and the power of the grave. And David grabbed over in Psalms 49 that God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave even though you go by the way of the grave. There's a God that knows how to get you back into a body that doesn't weary, doesn't wear out, but he can pick you up and take you out of the grave. I don't believe that's just talking about the natural grave, but any grave that you're in, young people, you can get out of that grave because there is a redeemer that has the power over hell, death, and the grave. When he rose up on Easter morning, he rose up. He was not keyless. He was not clueless. He had the keys of death, hell, and the grave. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Hebrews 2 that, that we see Jesus. There's a lot of people that don't know Jesus, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. You see, all of those prophecies that the prophets had foretold of were hooked in this one man, Jesus. Job asked the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? He pondered these things. Shall I live again? I can see all of these things. I can see what I'm going through, but can I live again? And Brother Branham caught it as he, as Job went into that realm of a believer and he brought down something that gives every person, every person a hope that Job, when the lightnings begin to flash and the thunders begin to roll, he grabbed a revelation for every prophet all the way to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Yet in my flesh, I will see God. You see, Easter proved, Easter proved that man that had been shut up in a prison house. Young people, they get the idea that they're Superman and they can live forever. But this flesh is fleeting and it's failing. And man was put in a prison house and this air is an escape. Death is an escape. For a real believer... Let me, just, let me just stop right here for a moment. For a real believer, death can be a friend. Death can get you out of this old pest house. But I don't want to just talk to a people about death today. I don't believe that you were ordained to die. I believe with all of my heart that I am preaching to a people that will not go by the way of the grave. I want to say to the body of the living God, there will not be one grave. There won't be one grave. You can name it. You can call it what you want to. There won't be one grave of Trinitarianism that'll hold us down. There won't be no easy, easy believism that'll hold us down. There won't be no false doctrine that'll hold us down. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. 
Let me give you something else to shout about. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. When Abraham, when Abraham, when he, when he watched when death would begin to come by his way, when he took his sweetheart away from him, and Abraham is looking for a piece of ground that he could bury his sweetheart in, he goes to the sons of Heth, and he goes to them and he says, I want to purchase this piece of property. I want to buy this cave off of you, Machpelah. And I want to purchase it off of you. And they said, no, we'll, we'll give it to you for free. You don't even have to buy it from us. But Abraham understood he was wanting to give them a witness. You see, they were just wanting to give it to him, but he wanted a possession. He wanted a possession that he could call his own, that this is where I have buried my sweetheart at. You see, they did the same thing. Satan did the same thing with Jesus. He tried to offer him a kingdom without a Calvary. And Satan will try to offer you religion without a baptism of the Holy Ghost. You remember when Satan offers you the easy way out. It ain't the easy way, it's hell's way. But he said, I want to purchase this piece of property for as much money as it is worth. I'm willing to pay whatever it costs. And it goes down in history as the most expensive piece of property that was ever sold. Do you realize that on the cross 2,000 years ago that you were the greatest, you were the most expensive, you were the people that God was willing to pay whatever it cost. Whatever it cost. When he stood there with that revelation that I'm gonna buy this piece of property, he, you see, he caught a hold of Job's revelation. He said, if Job is gonna be buried there, and Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, that in my flesh, yet I see God. He said, I wanna be buried where Abraham, where Job is buried at. Bury me close, because Job's got a revelation that he's gonna see the Redeemer. All of them prophets, they were looking at it. He said, I'm buying this piece of property for my son Isaac, for myself, for Jacob, and for Joseph. You see, they caught a revelation that there was one coming that had the ability to raise them out. Out of the grave. And Jacob and Joseph, when they were there in Egypt, he made him lay his hands on him. Lay your hands right here where the angel touched me and I started walking different. You lay your hands right here and you make me an oath that you'll not bury my bones down here in Egypt. Be seen because those prophets realized that there was no resurrection power down there in Egypt. There was no resurrection power down there in Laodicea. There was no resurrection power down there at the Methodist, nor at the Mennonite church, or the Amish church, or the Catholic church. They said, don't you bury me down there in that Trinitary watery grave. All they want to do is sprinkle a little dirt on you. That ain't got no resurrection power. But if you're going to baptize me, you baptize me where there's life at. In the name of Jesus Christ. How do you get in that body? By one spear, we're baptized in that body. Don't you bury me down there where there ain't no life at. You make a covenant with me. Swear by me that you'll carry these bones out of here. Young people, there's only one name that you can be buried in and have the faith to get up out of the grave. His name is Jesus. Pharaoh said, no, you're going to stay right here. Jacob said, no, I'm going out of here. Joseph made that covenant. You lay your hands on this coffin. Tell me. Don't leave me down here. And even though you might be walking past this coffin, it's a telling you that there is a promise. There is a redeemer that is coming that has the ability to take this body out of the grave. You may be stuck down here in Laodicea and you may feel like all hope is gone, but Andrew Spencer came all the way from Elkton, Virginia to tell you there ain't no grave. 
Don't you bury me down here in some easy believism. Don't you bury me down here in your watered-down gospel of the message of push and play. There ain't no life in push and play, but there is life in the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a living God. He knows what you're going through. You ain't got to give him your resume. He don't need to know what you've been through and what you're going to go through. He's always been there. The reason I can stand here in passion and with power and testify to you, I've seen that Jesus. I've witnessed that Jesus. I've handled that Jesus. As my dad said on the way down here, Satan, hang on. It's going to be a bad ride. My, 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 my. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. For by man came death, and by man came the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ shall you be made alive. You see, Satan wants to send you to a premature grave. He's already got your burial place picked out where he's going to lay you down. Maybe he's trying to pick out pornography. Maybe he's trying to pick out a gravesite of lust. Maybe he's trying to pick out a gravesite of depression. And he says you're going to be buried there. But Jesus come to tell you, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. You can try to bury him with doubt and fear and all kinds of things. But early on Sunday morning, I I watched my Redeemer get up out of the grave and the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave is alive and well, living in a young people. And Satan ain't got enough power to stop you. Oh, hallelujah. He'll try to bury you in drugs and alcohol formalism but the God of this message says shut up devil there's an empty tomb I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living you see Satan is doing his very best to corrupt our young people he's trying his very best to bring them some Dr. Dobson idea that you can break out these seven points and you will have overcoming power. Let me tell you, I didn't have to go through seven steps. I didn't have to go through Dr. Dobson's idea to get over corruption. I just had one encounter with Elohim. He changed my thinking, he changed my walking, but Satan is trying his very best to corrupt our young people. He's trying to corrupt the body. He's trying to set in corruption in the government and you can see that they're obeying and kneeling to his power. But there is a people on earth that will not bow to his corruption. You can have faith this morning to know that Jesus knew so emphatically who he was that he could go to hell on a backslidden preacher's word on a backslidden preacher's word, but yet he was so inspired that Jesus said that he trusted every single one of those words that the prophet had spoke. I will not let my Holy One see corruption. You see, he so trusted it that not one cell of his body would corrupt. Now notice what the prophet says here. He said, when the word was spoke and said, I'll not suffer my holy one to see corruption, neither will I leave his soul in hell. There wasn't enough time. There wasn't enough devils. There wasn't enough anything to keep Christ in the grave till his body began to rot because the law of God would bring the word to pass and the law of God by the Holy Spirit brings any promise to pass regardless of the conditions. Job said, though these skin worms destroy my body, Yet in my flesh I'll see God. 
Notice what the prophet says to you. Regardless of how little we are, how low we are, how impure we are, how unholy we are, how sick we are, how afflicted we are, the law of God's spirit by his word makes it obey and forces the issue and says, give it back. Oh, if we could just think of that for a moment. It forces it regardless of conditions. No matter what the condition is, the law of God's word forces the condition to cope with his word. It's got to. So you can name your condition or you can name your grave. But the word will make and force its way so that it will cope to the word of God. You know cancer's been obeying a body. I'm not talking about this flesh, but I'm talking about your body. That cancer has been obeying a body because a body has said, cancer, you can't have Ron Spencer. Cancer, you can't have Susan Hershberger. Cancer, you can't have Erica Parker. You see, Jesus so knew who he was that he would say that I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again. And Jesus had an unfailing faith in his position to know that he was the perfect born son of God. And if your faith will put you in position to know that every divine promise of God's Bible is for you, you can walk out of that sin. You can walk out of that depression. You can walk out of that complex. You can come out of that turtle shell that makes you sit there with your arm crossed saying, I'm not going to get emotional. If you're God, you're bound to get emotional. You say, what's going on down there in Evening Light Tabernacle? I hear a rattling. I hear a shaking taking place. Get ready. You just get ready, but I'm not going to get emotional. You wait till dry bones start taking on flesh. You wait till they start taking on muscle. They don't just grab the mechanics. They grab the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, the wind comes across those dry bones. There ain't no grave. He's tried his best to corrupt you, but you are born again, not of a corruptible seed, but you are born again of the incorruptible seed of the genealogy of Almighty God that he deposited before the foundation of the world. And that seed has the power. It has the capacity to handle what it's supposed to go through. You may go through some stuff. How many's went through some stuff? Some stuff. You know what that does? It just makes a better ground to break out of. Oh, yeah. You say, there's no way I'm coming up out of all this dirt. You don't understand all the things that I've built up in my life and all the darkness of sin that I've gone through. Let me tell you, that's where beauty is made at. You may not understand that, but let me tell you, that's where your beauty is breaking forth at. You say, well, I just don't know. I just don't know if I can really break through. Let me tell you, I watched young people last night that stood here under the power of a demonic spirit that would try to hold them down. But I watched the living God come and break chains over them. The Father is seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Now as children, we all used to love playing hide and go seek. But can you imagine Almighty God seeking out? He's hunting. Can you believe this, brothers? That God himself has got himself a rifle on his back and is hunting out people that will worship him with spirit and in truth. Well, you say, what is that rifle doing on his back? It's there just in case the devil shows up to stop you from worshiping. He'll shoot him with a double-barrel shotgun of the word. You see, God's looking for somebody. God's looking for a body that he can live in, a body that he can move in. Well, you say, my daddy's a pastor. My daddy's a preacher. My granddaddy's a preacher. I can just go in on the coattail of my daddy's experience. I think Brother Danny did a wonderful job of saying you can't ride in on somebody else's coattail. That's right. I'm not going to move because I've heard 
all 1100 and some sermons of the prophet's ministry and it's not going to move me. You just stay there in your pity and your waller and all of your doubt while the rest of us go ahead and shout. You can set on me. You can try to stop me from preaching. But I know that the Father is seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. You know that the prophet said that it's God's strategy to take him, empty human vessels, and shake the world with them. Shake the world with them. So God is looking for dry bones that he could put his life in. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 25, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Verse 28, marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. It's time to get out of it. The voice of the living God is speaking. It's time to get up out of that grave. You see, the head rose up on Easter morning and the body has to follow what the head does. So if we have the mind of Christ, we've got to think like the mind of Christ. We've got to speak like the mind of Christ. We cannot wallow in our defeat. You were not put here to be in defeat. You were put here to be the victorious, blameless, spotless body of Jesus Christ. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think yourself a winner, you're going to be a winner. And if you think yourself a loser, you're going to be a loser. But you were not seen here in defeat. The enemy, that's his job to make you feel defeated and get so depressed, so shook up. You don't know if God loves you. I'm not preaching hard to you to tell you this, but I'm trying to tell you that I love you. I love you, but somebody bigger than me loves you. You were not seen here in defeat. You were not seen here overcome by the enemy. It's completely opposite. Because Job was asked the question, where was you, Job? When I, when I framed the world and I made the foundation of the world, where was you? You was not seen there in defeat. You were seen there shouting. And when you are shouting, that means you got the victory. The head is connected to the body, so the body has got to come up. You know, I, I, I as a young minister, I've had, to, I've had my fair shares of funerals. I guess it's because I got thrown into it early. But I've had, I wouldn't say it's a pleasure, but I've had the, the opportunity <laughs> to go buy a lot of caskets, see a lot of brothers and sisters that done on, went on to be with the Lord. But you know something I absolutely despise, Brother Dan? I absolutely hate it. When you're standing there by a casket, and they're just standing there, and they're looking down on, oh, don't they look good? They just really caught their personality. I told my wife, if, she, if I die by the way of the grave, and you come and stand over top of my casket, and you say, oh, don't he look good? I am going to come back and haunt you every day of your life. Oh, don't they look good? They caught them in their personality. Did I look that dead in life? Was I that bad? Did I, did I look like I was about to faint and my teeth were about to fall out? But I'm afraid that too many preachers are so satisfied with looking at a dead body. Oh, don't they look good? Don't they look, I, that, they just picture Christ. That's what, that's what God meant them to be. What kind of gospel are you preaching that when you look at a dead body say, oh, they look good. I'm looking at a body that knows how to dance, knows how to shout, know what it's like to overcome temptation. You look good. You look good in your dance. You look good in your shout. You look good in your victory. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Well, I look well over Jordan. I said, what do you think I see? I saw a group of young people. They were coming with Jesus. 
the head got up out of the grave, the body's got to get up out of the grave. If there was no corruption that could hold him down, there'd be no corruption that'll hold this body down. Oh, go ahead and praise the Lord. Hang on, devil. It's going to be a bad ride. Woo. Now, when, when Ezekiel is standing there, and you can imagine Ezekiel is standing there in that valley full of dry bones as he's looking out and he's seeing this dry bones. You know, I had a, I had a brother, bless his heart, come to me. And tell me, he said, you know, I got the revelation. And if you're listening, brother, I still love you. Bless your heart. But he looked. He said, I got the revelation of Ezekiel 37. He said, I got the revelation. He said, everybody's caught up on it being Israel. But I've got the revelation. It's China. They've got the greatest army in the world. I thought, my brother. How do I answer this? Go read the rest of the chapter. You know, that was a pretty simple. So I solved that thing pretty quick. You know, ain't that amazing? But I, I said, look and read the rest of the chapter. But matter of fact, take a look right here. You're looking at the most powerful army that's on the face of the earth. Prophesy, son of man. Can these bones live again? You're not feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. You're feeding on, you're not feeding on the mind of the man. You're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man that has the power to rake and wake you up. Wake up. If you're in your sin, if you're in your condition, wake up. The Son of Man has prophesied. These bones will live again. He said, I'm not getting up. I'm not getting up. He said, prophesy, son of man. Can these bones live again? The life didn't come when the skin was on. There was four stages. There's four stages of sinew, skin, and flesh. But they never walked until the wind came. And the wind started moving. And he said, son of man, breathe. Oh, breath of God, breathe on them. And the prophet said, that the Pentecostal church is born of the breath of God. Now the devil would like to tell you that you're all right the way you are. He'd like to tell you that you're okay in your dead, cold, formal church. You can stand there in your muscles. You can flex your muscles. There's a little bitty boy here at six years old. He's got muscles. And he likes flexing them. But he's got more than just muscles. He's got a living God there. He's witness a living God. But the enemy would like to tell you that you're okay living in your flesh. You're okay living with the mechanics. But if the breath of God isn't there, the inspiration of God, if it isn't breathing on you, you'll stay there in that dead, cold, formal church. You won't ever move when the spirit moves. But there is a word that'll put this body back in its shape. There is a word that is inspired by the move of God. That is that men of God are influenced and inspired by God. And they are prophesying. They are speaking again what the mighty angel has said. You're not sitting here under the ministry of a weak angel. You're standing here under the ministry of a mighty angel. And when you see that son of man start speaking again in a body, you watch that word go out and you watch it be manifested because the same wind is in that preacher, is in that body, and each generation has its own revival and its own chance at the word. These young people have a chance this morning. There's a lot of people in the message that don't want to give these young people a chance. But we're giving you your chance this morning. This message will tell you, you got a chance. You got your own revival. You got a chance at it. These young people deserve a chance. It ain't just for the elders. It ain't just for the old folk. It ain't just for the middle-aged folk. It's for the young people. 
It's for the little kids. It's your time. You're going to come through that opposition. You're going to come through that fear. You're going to come through them things. Satan is doing his absolute worst to shut the door and shut the grave and try to tell you to stay in there, but the spirit of the living God's telling you, get up. Get up out of your opposition. Get up out of your pain. Get up out of your suffering. You don't know what I've been through. Let me tell you, hold thou suffering, stand and be healed. You have been given a God-given privilege to stand here with the capacity of the gene of God. This God won't give up on you. He won't back off of his promises. If he said he'd give you the Holy Ghost, he'll give you the Holy Ghost. He's a God of first and second chances. My little daughter is listening to this back home. Reagan, nine years old, when we, we was raising her up, she was a little powerful, a little, real spiritual girl, real powerful, little lady, real sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. And we were, we were teaching her on the power of prayer. And we begin to, begin to talk to her and we teach her how to pray. And we were telling her, now you, this is how you, you start out your prayer. This is how you do these things. And we were telling her to thank God for the day. Go ahead and thank God for the day. And go ahead and take him and, take him and thank him for all the things that he's given to you. And she was, she was so young that she was, she was going through this process. And she would say, I ask you, God, for this beautiful day. She was trying to say, I thank you, God, for this beautiful day. But every, every single time she would pray at nighttime, she said, I ask you, God, for this beautiful day. And so I was trying to tell her, trying to teach her in the right way. Now, honey, I know what you're trying to say, but you want to you wanna say, I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, God, I thank you for this beautiful day. And so one night she was praying, and she started praying. She said, I ask you, God, for this beautiful day. And she, she stopped in her prayer. She said, Daddy, can I start over again? I about had a conniption fit. I said, oh, baby, you can start over. You can start over anytime you want to. You can start over. You may have fell in your sin. You may have fell in your condition. You can get up out of that grave. The enemy set a trap for you. Get up out of that grave. Today's a day to start over. You say, I failed yesterday. Get back up. He's a God of first chances. God of second chances. God of third chances. God of fourth chances. Get up. Get up. You say, I, I don't know. I don't know, I seem to keep falling. I keep falling back in the same condition, falling back in the same sin, keep falling in. The trouble is, you never got far enough in yet. But if you can get into this message, you can get deep enough into this message, the message just won't be just books and tapes, it'll be a life. I heard a little story the other day about this little boy, little Billy, he would go, mama put him in bed at nighttime. She'd take him up there. She'd take him up there and put him in his bed. And about, about midnight, she heard little Billy fall out of his bed. Billy fell out of his bed. He just was whining and hollering. Mama run upstairs and said, Billy, you okay? Billy, you okay? said, Mama, I fell out to be. I fell out to be. So she put him back in the bed. Well, the next night, she goes to sleep and all of a sudden, she plop. Is that how y'all fall down here in Louisiana? Kaplop? Clop-plop. Is that close? Okay. He falls out of the bed again. She runs up. Billy, what's going on? Oh, I fell out of the bed. I fell out of the bed again. <laughs> so she puts him back in the bed. Same thing happened another night. She runs back up there. I said, Billy, why you keep falling out of bed? She said, Mama, could you fix this? Can you fix this so I don't fall out of bed again? She said, Honey, it's real simple. If you'll get far enough in, you won't fall out. And if you get far enough into this message, 
We didn't come here to talk about a message. We come to get in the message. And if you can get in this message and get wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, you won't fall out. You'll fall in love with Jesus. And the enemy will try to tell you and lie on you and tell you that you're just getting emotional. You're not just getting emotional. It's a real baptism of the Holy Ghost. The reason why I shout is because there's a God of the shout on the inside of me. You see, when God, when Jesus was standing there in John 20, he said, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. You see, it was a promise that he gave them and breathed upon them that it was a promise that receive ye the Holy Ghost. It was a promise. And they went up there in the upper room to wait for that promise to be fulfilled. There's a promise hanging over all, over all of you today. It's the same thing when we lay our hands on the sick. We wait because there's a promise laying there that you shall recover. That same wind that came down on the day of Pentecost is pushing through this place. It's just not pushing through a hippodrome that the prophet was standing in and the wind would come through and blow his coattail when the voice of God has spoke. That same unity is in the body right now. And that same wind, it's one to push out your sin. It's one to set your soul on fire. It's one to tell you that you've got the power on the inside of you to get up out of that grave. I've seen that same wind produce the same actions that it produced in the early apostles. I've seen when I lay hands on the sick and I watch them recover. You come too late to tell me that God don't heal no more. He said, why you keep preaching that your daddy's going to get healed? Because God never changed his mind about it. Why am I preaching that you can have that same Pentecostal experience because God didn't take his word back? I've seen little girls that didn't know how to walk bound in a wheelchair get up out of a wheelchair and start walking. I seen an old man, old man come up out of a tent meeting and come walking down an aisle just like his. He was walking with a cane. While the preaching of the word was going forth, he come walking with that cane. He could barely get up there. But when he got up close to where the anointing was, he dropped the cane and ran back to his pew. If you felt like I felt, you'd be shouting too. I've seen a man that was told by the highest physicians in the land, you got four months to live. And I watched a so-called dead man stand behind the pulpit and said, son of man, prophesy. These bones will live again. What was it? What was it? It was testifying of an empty grave when Hattie Walter said, you take me through that prayer line no matter what happens. If I die, you take me through that prayer line. What was it? It's because she was looking at an empty grave. What was it? What was it when Georgie Carter had enough faith to get up out of that bed? What was it? She was looking at an empty grave. What was it when the prophet walked into that room where brother Elijah had done died and he went to comfort the family? What was it doing? He was testifying of an empty grave when somebody grabbed him. A hand come and grabbed him and he went over there and laid his hands on brother Elijah. Had a dumb been dead and they covered him up with a sheet and before he knew it, he said, I was laying on top of him and saying, brother Elijah, I call for you. He went into that spirit land. What was it prophesying? That there was an empty grave. You say, oh, I can't walk that way. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can go that far. You can go that far. You can go that far. You can have that Holy Ghost. You can have that deliverance. You can have that clear mind. You can have it. Jesus 
isn't just an option. Jesus ain't even the best option. He's the only option. He's the only option. For Hattie Waldrop, he was the only option. For Georgie Carter, he was the only option. For Lazarus, he was the only option. Are you with me? He was the only option. Lazarus had a far more bad condition than you got. He was dead. Some of you may still have this condition, stinking. Laid up in a grave for four days. Jesus was his only option. You think Lazarus was looking around saying, well, is there a physician that could come and put an essential oil on my head that make me rise up? I don't think he put no peppermint on him. He probably, what else you got? Spearmint, peppermint, diagize. I don't think diagize would have worked on Lazarus. <laughs> Woo, help me, Lord. But Lazarus, when Mary and Martha's looking, where? if he really loved me, surely he would have come and got me. But you see, Jesus knew the power of the grave was getting ready to be destroyed. You can get out of your condition because there is a grave that's already destroyed. You can get up out of your grave because the conditions of life were stripped from Satan at Calvary. Jesus is the only option. He's an option over addiction. He's the option over alcohol. He's the option. He's the option. He's the option. He's the option over cancer. He's the option. He's the option over the grave. He's an option over your deadness. He's the option over COVID. He's the option over your fear. He's the option. He's the option. Can you imagine as Lazarus has done went into another realm? As he breaks into this realm and he goes there. Can you imagine as he's breaking into this realm and he starts having a conversation with Abraham? The one, the one that you counted on all of your life. The one that spoke to you. And he told you, he told you that everything's going to be all right. You're going to bring forth that son. That you're going to bring these things. You're going to come out of that. The one that told you, all of these things that are happening. I was just with him. I was just with him. Can you imagine Lazarus' conversation? He's the head of the party. Everybody saying, what's going on up there? He's the brothers. Isaac, Jacob. He gathered them all around. He grabbed Ezekiel, grabbed Isaiah. He grabbed them and said, come here. The one that you've been looking for that could get us out of this grave, I'm going to tell you something. You better get ready. The lamb has come. He's taken away the sin of the world. He's making his way to Calvary. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It's time to come out. And all of a sudden, Lazarus, here's a voice calling. And he calls him up out of that grave. It says, Lazarus, come forth. He's saying to you, Philip, come forth. Andrew, come forth. He's your option. He's your option. Come up out of that grave. And it said, loose him and let him go. Woman, thou art loosed. Can you imagine being locked up in prison for something that you didn't do? Can you imagine that? I never robbed a bank, but I got put in there. Can you imagine being locked away for something that you never did? Can you imagine what that man would do when he got up out of that jail? He would probably come out, probably kiss the ground that he was walking in and start shouting. Because he'd come out of something that he never did to get himself in there. You can walk out of the grave because you didn't deserve to be there. If he walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. 
Oh, if he walked out of the grave, I'm a walking too. How many is willing? When the wind starts coming over you, you recognize, I felt that before. I've handled that before. I've seen young people get touched by that same wind before. I can have that. I can have that. I can get out of my dry condition. I can get out of my sin. I can get out of it. And we start here a rattling and we start hearing a shaking because there ain't no grave gonna hold a body down when you've got the same power of the Son of Man living in you. Son of Man, can these bones live again? I've been quickened. I've been made alive. I know what it's like to be dead, but I know what it's like to be alive in Jesus. Can you imagine them trying to tell Lazarus you're going back to the grave where you came from and they try to scare him back into the grave? You need to be scared, Lazarus. When they come back over in John chapter 12 and they try to put him to death because of his testimony, do you think it scared Lazarus? He just come out of the worst conditions that you could ever get out of. And the prophet said, he's standing there, that great Goliath, trying to scare the liver out of you. You have done been made alive in Jesus. He can't scare you because you who were once dead in the trespasses of your sins, you have he quickened. Well, come on down here, Gabriel. Put your foot on the land to see. But don't you blow that trumpet, Gabriel. I tell you, hear from me. Jesus had so much faith in the word that he trusted his own body to go to the grave. How much more? How much more can you trust his word? To get out of sickness. Really? How much more can you trust him to get out of that condition? If Jesus so trusted, so trusted a backslidden preacher's word to get up out of that grave, how much more can you young people, every person sitting here, how much more can you trust him? He said, I am the Lord thy God that heals all of thy diseases. By his stripes I am healed. I am the Lord thy God that delivers. I am the Lord thy God that sets free. I am the Lord thy God that fills you with the Holy Ghost. I am the Lord thy God that pours out the same anointing that came down on Pentecost. I am the Lord thy God that came with a rushing mighty wind. I am the Lord thy God with the same anointing of a mighty angel and I'm watching my body. I'm watching my body start taking what I said and get up out of that condition. You were not built for the grave. You were built for the rapture. Between the morning hours of six and nine, you're coming up out of this ground. You imagine Enoch's last day as he's walking, as he's talking with the Lord. The prophet said, he was the very first one. He was the very first one to take an airplane ride to heaven. And I heard the prophet, when I heard him speaking over there trying to do God a service without being his will, and he comes all the way down to the end of that service, he said, I watched as Elijah stepped up into that chariot and he took him and his robe fell back down on Elisha. And he said, one of these days, he's gonna unhook the horses from the bushes and he's gonna take that body. Oh, it was early in the morning, about to break a day. That angel came from heaven and he rolled that stone away. You can take me to the graveyard and lay his whole body down. But on resurrection morning, I'm coming up out of that ground because there ain't no grave. You can't stop me, you can't turn me, you can't hinder me, you can't stop me, you can't afflict me, you can't kill me. You can try to put cancer on us and we'll raise above it. You can try to put sickness on us and we'll get above it. You can try your absolute worst, but there ain't no grave gonna hold this body down.
on, Satan. Do your absolute worst. Is that all you got? You ain't got enough. You can't stop Jesus. You didn't stop Jesus. You ain't going to stop me. You ain't going to stop Brother Ron. You ain't going to stop Brother Tim. You ain't going to stop this body. You can try to cover us up. You can try to shut us up. You can try all you want to. But there ain't no breath going to hold this body down. Get up out of it. Walk out of it. If Jesus walked out, you walk out. Anna Thomas, come up out of that deadness. Hallelujah. 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 It's a time for the body of the living God to get up out of that grave. Boo, devil. You know that's got to upset hell. You can't stop me. You can't turn me. I'm going with Jesus all the way. Go ahead and praise him. If you are that body, go ahead and testify. There ain't no grave. There ain't no grave. There ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Come on, Brother Andrew. Somebody shout. Dry bones are rattling. The muscles on. The skin's on. The winds are moving. I say, open up the graves and let the body walk out. Let the body walk out. Walk out of it. Walk out of your sin. Well, it was early in the morning, about to break a day. That angel came from hell, and he rolled that stone away. You can take me down to the graveyard, lay this old body down. But on resurrection morning, coming up out of that ground, cause there ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down, there ain't no grave. Come on down here, Gabriel. Put your foot on the land at sea. Said, don't you blow that trumpet again until you hear from Jesus, because there ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. There ain't no grave. Gonna hold my body down. Well, early in the morning, about to break a day. That angel came from heaven.
But cable, don't you blow your trumpet till you hear it from 